0: Whitehead drives to the hole. hangs, and one. Isaiah Whitehead ties it up at 67. Outlet pass. Archidiacono. Front court. Slips. Fires and that's it. The Seton Hall Pirates. Defeat. Villanova. 69-67. And for the first time in 23 years. They're biggest tournament champion. For the latest in Seton Hall basketball and Seton Hall Athletics, this is Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Miles Powell gives Seton Hall the lead with 1.1 second to go. What a shot by Miles Powell! Thompson shows it. Kale steps back, lets it fly. Pyong! Miles Kale! Seton Hall knocks off the number nine team in the nation, 84-83. What a win for the Pirates. This weekly podcast will recap every men's basketball game throughout the Pirates' season. Pound from Trenton! Woo! What Trenton makes, the world takes. With special guests along the way, Courtside Pirates who will dive into the pirates season after every game, giving you my thoughts and opinions as and Hall looks to return to the NCAA tournament. McKnight will inbound Pow They throw it up the mama, and at the. Buzzer. Oh my goodness This is Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Feast week can be a time to celebrate the joy that college basketball brings, even in November. But there was a lot of leftovers on the table for both the Seton Hall men's and women's team. A very happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for joining. My name is Chris Pays, the host of Courtside Pirates. And on this episode, we are going to discuss everything that happened during this last week of action for the Seton Hall men's and women's basketball team. And is it just me, or do you also feel listening that there is a lot left on the table for both these programs. A week that could have been really special after what was for the men's team a historic win against number four Michigan turned into an utter disappointment overall in the last week. And that's with two wins. But you couldn't be happy with what you saw from this team for the Seton Hall men's basketball team going into what was going to be a tough stretch before you get some of these easy games. And that's what happened. The Pirates had some tough games coming up. Ohio State was not a good game overall. Uh, the score to me says otherwise. The Pirates lost that game 79 to 76. And I'll tell you right now, it really wasn't close once Miles Kale got taken out of that game defensively. I mean, the Pirates just did not perform well. And we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into the gritty performance of Scene Hall versus Cal on Thanksgiving Eve. And a game that shouldn't have been close, but was Sean Hall. And Bethune-Cookman. We'll dive into all that, as well as the latest from the women's front. We'll be looking at what Toledo and the Pirates did, as well as what Seton Hall did against Southern California. So we have a lot to cover. We're excited to take you through it all. And we're going to do it right here on Courtside Pirates. And I would also love to hear from you. And follow me on Twitter, at Pazis, that is at P-A-I-Z-I-S. And reach out with any questions you have, as they could be answered on an upcoming show. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a review for the show by scrolling down on the podcast page. So let's paint the picture. It's Monday night leading up to Thanksgiving. Personally, my favorite holiday, and I hope you all enjoyed your holiday. I find it as it's a great time to just be with family, you relax, you get to watch a lot of football. But one thing that's great about this time of year is the tournament for Feast Week that takes place throughout the country for men's basketball and women's basketball. And I actually really enjoy this week. This to me is almost as exciting overall in terms of getting really into basketball season as the Big East Tournament is as a culmination at the end of the season. I really look at this Thanksgiving timeframe as when You've seen the teams a couple times now. You've seen what they can do. You might know what identity they're going to be going into conference play, but this really gives you the test of hopefully some real good competition. So C.N. Hall, men's basketball, wins a historic game at Michigan, number four Michigan, and then turns around and has to play Ohio State. The Pirates get ranked number 21 in the country, according to the Associated Press poll. I think that's fair coming out of that game. Michigan, meanwhile, wasn't even ranked. They got, dem- they got demoralized after the Seton hall game. They lost another game. They were went from number four to unranked. So I thought the 21 ranking was fair. And I think going into the game, I would have loved to seen Ohio State still ranked. But their one loss came right before Seton hall, and they did not look good in that game. And that gets the Pirates now a chance against a very good team that isn't ranked. And what can I say about this game? I, I, I look at how Ohio State played, and I think Ohio State did a fantastic job of a couple things. First, their shooting from the floor was fantastic. They shot 47% from the floor, and they shot 50% from three, 88% from the line. They just shot well, and that to me shows that the Pirates from the floor really couldn't keep up with some of their men. I don't like making excuses because of injuries, but Miles Kale going down, in a weird way, mind you, did anyone else catch that the lights went out? And then all of a sudden, Miles Cale's hurt. I, it was kind of poetic that a guy who has been the epitome of health and now his, what, his fifth year at Seton Hall now has a groin injury that's going to keep him out for a few games. The Pirates are hoping he's back in time for Texas, which is really the Pirates' next big game at the start of a huge stretch with Rutgers and Iona. And Miles Cale only played nine minutes, so it's not like he even got in the swing of it. But he goes down, and he goes down pretty early. And from then, it just it, to me, the Pirates didn't have an answer defensively. They, they struggled 100%. Libel on Ohio State was a monster. He had 28 points in 20, 28 minutes. I mean, talk about efficiency. He was 10 for 10 from the line, 8 for 17 from the floor, 2 for 5 from 5. And then you look at Aaron's. My goodness, he, 5 for 8 from 3 with 17 total points. Just absolutely dominating dominating Segan Hall on the interior and on the exterior for that matter with the three, three point shooting, you know, you look at what Jared Roden did. I think he had a great statistical game, but he didn't have a great game. He on paper, you're going to be like, Oh my God, Jared, Jared Roden had a fantastic game, but I just didn't see it. You know, he had a career high 29 points. He did everything in his power to keep the Pirates in this game. As did Bryce Aiken down the stretch who off the bench had 16 points on five for 10 from the floor and one for four from three. And that's something about Bryce Aiken I wanna to discuss too. The Pirates have to find a way to allow Bryce Aiken to continue to have the confidence to hit threes, but now the kid has to hit him. The best thing about Bryce Aiken right now is he's healthy. He gives a different dynamic to this team coming off the bench or in recent games, starting. And I think that's gonna be interesting going forward because he's really gonna to have to be a guy that can distribute the ball as Seton Hall continues to still search for their true point guard of the future. Kadari Richmond in the game against Ohio state, I wasn't that impressed. I just wasn't. I didn't think that he did enough to prove to me that he deserves to start. I think he's got loads of talent. That's not a question, but when you're getting three assists as the point guard in a game where the pirates almost won and put up 76 points, it's not enough. We'll talk about assists, though. The team had four assists for the game. Four. Jameer Harris is the only one that had another assist besides Kadari Richmond. Four assists is never going to win you a game ever against a team like Ohio State. The Pirates showed a lot of grit down the stretch. It was a good game. Uh, it's not being a Scene Hall fan, I thought the Ohio State game was a very good game basketball game. But I wasn't impressed with what I saw with SeaN Hall that night. They looked hurt on the perimeter on defense. They really struggled dishing the ball out. I mean, th- that is a major glaring factor that come Big East, the Pirates have to address who is going to be their point guard. You got nothing in the Ohio State game from Alexis Sienta. Nothing. Two points in 21 minutes. He did not have a good game. But I like what I'm seeing overall in the sense that their ability to bounce back after a loss. You know, they've had one loss this year, the game against Ohio State, but then they did a really good job two days later on Thanksgiving Eve versus Cal. And that was a gritty game. And you look at a lot of these performances over the last couple weeks. Siena Hall deserved to win the Michigan game. They deserved to lose the Ohio State game. This is a game versus Cal that could have gone either way. The Pirates led at half 27-25. And in the second half, they outscored Cal 35-34 to to finish it with a 62-59 win. But it was close. But at the same time, the defense finally stood up again. They addressed the big elephant in the room, which was preventing teams to score over 65 points. This is now the fourth opponent to this date, the game against Cal that an opponent has had 65 points or less on the season already. Pretty good. It's, it's a pretty good performance. Speaks volumes instead of what happened a couple of days later this past weekend versus Bethune-Cookman. Because there was, a, there was a stretch there where I was not happy. But looking at the game against Cal, y- you have to take it for what it is. It was a Thanksgiving Eve third-place game. You know You're not playing in that championship game down at Fort Myers. And it's, it's hard to get these guys excited for something like that. Having said that you have to win these games. It's too early in the season where you, you want to get some kind of quad one, quad two, quad three wins. You, especially you don't want to lose a quad three game. What I did like is Jared Roden had another back-to-back consecutive good games. He really did. This one, I actually thought he played much better overall. Um, he was just really good on the rebounding side, as always. I mean, he had seven total. He was tied with Yetna for most on the team. That, to me, was big because they, they actually got out-rebounded, the Pirates, 36-30 to in the game. And th- that's a concern when you have guys like Ike Obiagu, when you have guys like Tyrese Samuel, when you have guys like Alexis Yenta, Jared Roden. Obiagu came off the bench in that game, which I was quite surprised to see, to be completely honest. Um, I didn't like that. I do like the combination of Bryce Aiken and either, you know, a Jahari Long. I, I like that combination in the start. But you have to have like Obiago out there at the start of the game. There's, there's no excuse about it. Ike Obiago has to start every game. Unless if he's hurt. Because he is already transcending the ability for this team to lock in consistency. He is the linchpin right now on the defensive side under the basket. And he partners very nicely with Yetna. And I think he partners pretty well with Trey Jackson. We haven't seen a lot of that yet. But I think him and Trey Jackson down the line could be a good defensive force. But Alexis Yetna with 10 points and seven rebounds, really liked what I got out of him in this game. Really liked that. And I think Cal did well. This was a very back-and-forth game. Points in the paint were 24 apiece for both teams. The bench for you know, had 14. Cal had seven. You know, we talked about Bryce Aiken, who was on the bench to start the game against Ohio State. He gets the start against Cal two days later after being on the bench. He put up seven points. He didn't have a great game, but he logged close to 30 minutes. He was at 29 minutes and two seconds. So he, he had himself a longer stretch of availability, which is very important for a guy like Bryce Aiken. But then you look at Kudari Richmond. Maybe Jahari Long. And Bryce Aiken starting over Richmond lit a little fire under him. He had no assists, but he did have 12 points. And he did have three fouls, but he did get three rebounds. Uh, overall, he shot four for seven from the floor and one for one from three. Missed a couple free throws, made three. I think he had probably his best statistical game overall, but he came off the bench. That's not what you want from Kadari Richmond. You want him to be the guy that's going to be the floor general for the next year or two. They're in a unique position right now. And at the same time, you got to give Cal credit because they stuck in there. They did not really do anything that justified them not being worth this game. They showed it that they could. I mean, Andre Kelly had a fantastic game. The forward played 32 minutes, had 23 points, 11 total rebounds, 10 defensive ones. He had a really good game. He only had one foul, and he was nine for nine from the line. I mean, he had a really good game. I was really impressed with seeing him. That was the first time I had seen Kelly play, and I was really impressed with what I saw. But that goes into the, the overarching thing with the Pirates right now. Is Miles Kale is hurt. He is not playing. Who is going to defend the perimeter up to his standard? Because it's not who is going to defend. Everyone needs to defend. Who can play at his standard? high intensity for a full 40 minutes and be that perimeter nuance to the opponent. Miles K.O. is a very special defensive player. That's never been his problem. So we'll see. But then you get into the Bethune-Cookman game, and I'm going to chalk this up to a couple things. First off, I am not a sports better. I rarely ever check spreads or anything like that, especially for college. But it came up on my ESPN app, and I was like, all right, Seaton Hall, Bethune Cookman, after Thanksgiving, the Sunday of Thanksgiving, a noon tip-off, versus Bethune Cookman, 31.5 point spread. 31.5. If you're a betting person, I don't care how good Seaton Hall is or how bad Bethune Cookman is, you take Bethune Cookman. That's easy money. Seton Hall wasn't going to win this game by 31 points. They weren't going to win by 32, technically, if you're a sports better. But what I didn't expect was Bethune-Cookman to go into halftime with a lead. And they looked abysmal in the first half. 34-33, to 33, the Pirates went in at halftime versus Bethune-Cookman. A team that has had, up until this point, four games where the defense has prevented 65 points or less for the Pirates... Allowed 70 points to Bethune-Cookman at home. I chalked that up to a couple things. One, the team's been traveling the last couple weeks, and they've had a grueling stretch. So no disrespect to a Bethune-Cookman, but I'm pretty sure the Pirates were not as hyped for this game as they are for the other games in this series that they just played. I think that's a fair assumption when you're playing number four, Michigan at Michigan. You're going down to Fort Myers to play a could-be-ranked Ohio State and a Cal big-name program. You're not going to really show up on a Sunday afternoon after traveling for two weeks right around the start of the holidays for Bethune-Cookman. The only thing that matters in this game is that I'm sorry is that they won. They won by 14, 84-70. to Nothing about this game any Pirate fan should be happy about, though. They gave up way too many points. They did not look good in the first half at all. And the Pirates uh, took care of business down the stretch, for sure, especially in the paint. They finished with 36 points in the paint. So that, that was good. And the bench really stepped up. It was a deep bench. You're talking about a bench right now. So in this game, Alexis Yetna started. Jared Roden, Ike Biagu, Bryce Aiken, and Jahari Long. Keep an eye on that. Aiken and Long now starting in back-to-back games. It'll be interesting to see what the Pirates do against Wagner and if Kadari uh, Richmond is coming off the bench. You then had Jameer Harris, Kadari Richmond, Trey Jackson, Tyrese Samuel, Tyler Powell, Celester Granada, and Jonavis Smith with 52 seconds of playing along with Granada. It's seven guys come off the bench, 12, 12 team deep. But you're talking about bench points. Tyrese Samuel had 11 points off the bench in 22 minutes. You're talking about a lot of guys that had quality minutes. You had nine players in this game play over 15 minutes. Nine players playing over 15 minutes. It's pretty good. You had six players play over 20 minutes. It's a good start for the Pirates there. But Jared Roden, 18 points with four rebounds. Quiet overall for him. I I think this was the Alexis Yetna show. 14 points, 13 rebounds. He had a nice double-double. But you have to wonder and, and acknowledge the fact that does Yetna just get really good points and good stat lines against bad teams, maybe. He could beat up on smaller teams. But Joe French, who would have thought Joe French? Has anyone even heard of Joe French? Played 36 minutes against Cien Hall for Bethune-Cookman. You should know him by now. He put up 30 points. Four threes made. Who's was four for seven from three. He made four out of their six threes. He was two for two from the line. 12 from 21 from the floor. Joe French, the guard from Bethune Cookman, put up 30 points on a number 21 ranked team. That's not going to cut it, come Big East, guys. That will not cut it. The Pirates have to figure out a better way to get moving when all their pieces aren't healthy. AKA a Bryce Aiken potentially, eventually, who knows? A Miles Kell currently, when Kadari Richmond doesn't have his best game, when Jared Roden, who is a human. Will not have his best game. And Jared Roden has played very well to start this season. He was just named to the Big East Weekly Honor Roll uh, following his strong performance versus Michigan. Uh, he really has played well. And the Pirates are now ranked 25th, just behind Michigan, ironically, who's 24th. I was shocked the Pirates were even still ranked. I thought there was a chance, a, a slim chance, that they come back in this game. And actually show that they could do something, which they did against Bethune-Cookman in the second half. But no one was impressed. I was surprised they got ranked, still. They barely did. But we'll see what happens for the Pirates as they have what should be easy games against Wagner at the Prudential Center on December 1st. uh, Which is right when this episode is going live. And I think that should be a pretty straightforward game for the Pirates. I expect Bryce Aiken to start again. I expect... Jameer Harris to have a good role off the bench. I think Jahari Long gets to start with Kadari Richmond on the, on the bench to start as well. And then you play Nyack College in South Orange at Walsh Gym. And anyone, like I said, when I was talking to Coach Bizzell a couple weeks ago on Courtside Pirates, if you have not gone to Walsh Gym yet, go support the men's team when they play on December 4th. Go support the women when they play. Go support them and go see the renovations that are done because they really are fantastic. They did a fantastic job in Walsh Gym and there's more to come. They're not done. And that's the best part. The Pirates have momentum going into what's going to be a tough stretch. After Wagner, after Nyack College, the Big East, Big 12 battle, Texas at home, it's huge. Rutgers at home. I think Rutgers is playing like garbage this year. And I'm not going to say I'm disappointed about it. But it's still Seton Hall versus Rutgers. You know Rutgers is going to be up for that game. You know they're going to be motivated for that game, as will Seton Hall. And I think there's a good chance that it's a lot closer than it should be. And then Iona. Pfft, I don't trust Iona. Let me tell you. I think, I think that's a game that's going to give the Pirates a lot, of, a lot of problems this year. Iona is not a bad team. So we'll see. They just had a top 10 win. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a big stretch. And then you go right into Big East. It's crazy. You know, it's December 1st when this podcast airs. And we're talking about Big East basketball already. It'll be here in three weeks. It's incredible. So the Pirates have work to do. They can't let up against Wagner and Nyack College, they have to right the ship when it comes to their defense and make up for what was not a good feast week. And they get ready for the big guns. Texas, Rutgers, Iona. And then you kick it off with St. John's to start Big East play. Ah, The Scene Hall women's basketball team. Love talking about them here on Courtside Pirates every week. And I like them because they are a very well-balanced team. I think Coach Bazella has put together a staff that does... A lot of things right. He'll be the first to tell you that they have much improvement to do on the defensive side. He'll be the first one to tell you. He will also be the first one to tell you that there are players on this team that are so special, not just as players, but people and young women, that it's an honor to coach them. That is what Seen Hall Women's Basketball is. And I think this year, they are really going to be a competitive team overall. I think they're going to lose some games that they, they shouldn't lose in Big East play. It's, it's inevitable. It always happens. But going into the Cancun Challenge this year, down in, obviously, Cancun, Mexico, the Pirates had two games. It was going to be against Iowa and Toledo. Iowa, because of COVID, had to postpone and no longer be in part of the tournament. So then it became USC and Toledo. What can I say? The, the narrative is the same for the men's team. Different reasons, but the narrative is the same. The Pirates lost Thanksgiving afternoon to USC 79-65, and then they followed that up with a win versus Toledo 68-63 in overtime. You know, I didn't talk to Coach Bazella, but I can't imagine he's overly excited with the performance as a whole. I, I just, I don't want to speak for him, but knowing who he is and, and what gets him Pleased and displeased overall, he can't be happy. You know the Pirates fell to two and two after the game against USC, and now they're three and two going into the game against UConn. Not what you probably want them to be, but it is what it is. Um, I think the Pirates overall, you know, the Lady Pirates, they're they have so much firepower to score. Sydney Cooks scored a game high, twenty one points, and Lauren Park Lane had eighteen points to the game against USC and still lost. And it was nearly an even first half overall. USC opened the third quarter with a massive 22-4 to run, which really just did not give them a chance. They, I mean, they held the Pirates to just one field goal in the third frame. And that was in the first six minutes and 55 seconds. I mean, that's just, they were done after that. It was impressive that they even came back as close as they did overall. They still lost by 14. It was just, it was just a bad run for the Pirates. And that's the stretch where Coach Mazzella, I know, is going to be critical on. When you have firepower from multiple players. Now, I'm not even talking Maya Jackson, the captain, who had 16 points, who was four for nine shooting from three. And Andrea Spinoza Hunter, who had a very slow start. But she narrowly missed a second straight double-double at that point. She finished with 10 points and a game-high nine rebounds. And still wasn't enough. And it, just, it goes to show, you know, when both teams start a game hot, and they each shot over 50% from the floor in the first half. And then you have a team going a 22-4 to run. Yeah, the game's going to be over. I think what the Pirates need is to reset after this start to the season. They lose and go to 500 against USC in a game that they didn't even know that they were going to be playing them until like a week prior, barely. So really you can't even prep for them properly. It might have been even a couple days if I'm not mistaken to them playing Toledo, and they just outlasted them in overtime, 68 to 63. The catalyst of that game, who is now in the Big East Weekly Honor Roll, is Lauren Park Lane, with a game high of 19 points and nine assists. So they salvaged the split of the 2021 Cancun Challenge. Give them credit, because I think the Pirates needed to come away with a win. I don't think they needed both wins. You would take both wins, but one win from either game, was good. I think it helps with their confidence because they were supposed to play Iona next. However, that game has been canceled due to an outbreak from the Iona staff that had COVID case. Obviously it was either staff or players, but that game is now post uh, canceled. And that leaves a very large elephant in the room, so to speak on December 3rd, this Friday when C hall starts its biggie schedule, with none other than the University of Connecticut, the UConn Huskies coming to the South Orange. It's going to be a sold-out Walsh gym. Fantastic to hear that it's going to be sold out. It will hopefully make a difference in terms of the overall result of this game. But, you know, UConn is UConn. But C.N. Hall should go into this game with all the confidence in the world. If they play their their level of competitiveness, they can make it at least close. And from there, anything can happen. I hope to see a better performance from Andra comp- as a complete game than what happened again in the game against uh, USC. Because I think she got off to a cold start, and the, I think the Pirates might even over-rely on her, which, take it with what it is, Andra's an incredible player. But you want her to get acclimated, confident early, get her going, get Maya Jackson going, get her going from three. That is someone who in the early start of a game can really make a difference for Coach Mazzella's team. And I'm excited to say we're going to be having Maya ja- Jackson on in a couple weeks, which is going to be fantastic. So I uh, look forward to hearing from the captain. Haven't got a chance to meet her, but I am going to be interviewing her uh, in a couple weeks, finalizing some details for that. And, you know, I think I think it's great. I think getting Maya on right after the UConn game will be good because It kind of helps put in perspective where the team is as it starts its Big East schedule with still some non-Big East games to go. And I like that about this team. And I like that we're going to be able to get a consistent voice for the Seed Hall women's team on courtside Pirates. Uh, The goal, as it is, all signs indicate towards it, we will have either a player or coach once a month on-court side pies from the women's program. So we already had Coach Mazzella, who simply the best. And we're going to get the captain. We're going to get Maya Jackson. You know, we'll we'll hopefully get other players and uh, coaches down the line. Uh, obviously, 100% want to try to get Lauren Park Lane on. Would love to have Andre Pinoza-Hunter on again. I, I've i openly said I think she's the best person I've ever interviewed. Ever. Men's or women. She is that composed and professional. Uh, And I'm excited for it because I think you know this team this year has a chance to make noise. And I want to be a part of it. I want this podcast to be a place where people can listen if they are fans of Seen Hall women's basketball. And why shouldn't you be? They're a good team. Who doesn't like Walsh Gym? And I think they have a really good chance, as we've said multiple times now, is if their offense can continue to be as dominant as they can and they can figure out holding on to the basketball not having sloppy turnovers, and staying in their defensive game and playing hard-nosed defense underneath the basket, they have a really good chance of making the NCAA tournament this year. And it's very early. You take one game at a time. But that's the mindset. You have to have that mindset. And I think the Pirates have enough leadership on the court and enough talent on the court to do that. This brings us to our closing segment, Courtside Perspective. The Seattle Men's Basketball team had some recruiting news. How about that? The Seattle Men's Basketball program has signed three talented student athletes, two from the metropolitan area and one of the best players in Louisiana, to national letters of intent. This was just brand new breaking news last week. This is great. So joining the Pirates are six foot-9 forward Percy Daniels from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Six foot-4 guard Jaquan Harris from New Brunswick, New Jersey, and 6'4 guard Jaquan Sanders from Far Rockaway, New York. And the trio will arrive on the heels of a 2021 class that was ranked 24th in the country by 247 Sports. So Harris is the younger brother of senior Hall guard Jameer Harris, uh, and he's a three-star prospect and uh played and currently plays at St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Edison, New Jersey. Averaged 17.4 points, 16.1 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2.1 steals per game last season, and helped lead his team to the Greater Middlesex Conference Tournament Championship as a sophomore. So, kudos to uh, the younger Harris brother now coming. Coach Willard said he was thrilled to add Jaquan to the Seton Hall family, and he's a tremendous young man that comes from a great family. Keeping Jaquan home in the state of New Jersey has been a top priority for me and my staff for a few years. He's got terrific size as a guard. He's very versatile and can score at all three levels. Pretty high praise coming out for a three-star recruit. You know how good Seed Hall has been at developing three-star recruits into fantastic players. Daniels, meanwhile, is a top-rated big man in the state of Louisiana and three-star prospect again. And you have to imagine if Grant Billmire gets his hands on him, That's going to be his new project. Get this kid to Big East level great. He averaged 14.1 points, 11.2 rebounds, and 7.2 blocks per game as a junior. And he's helped lead Madison Prep to two Class 3A state championships. Love it. And Willard said, I'm beyond excited to have Percy become a part of our family. He's a young man who has overcome a lot of obstacles in his life, which has made him a resilient individual on and off the court. His mental and physical toughness fits our program's culture perfectly, and his scoring ability and effort on the glass in the post will impact our team tremendously. And he's got a college-ready body out of Madison Prep, and we can't wait to get him on campus. Good. That's what you want to hear. College-ready body. Finally, you have Sanders, who looks to be the next New York City guard that jumps levels in South Orange, as according to the Scene Hall press release. The Far Rockaway, New York native averaged 19 points, four rebounds, seven assists, and two steals per game and shot 44% from three-point range as a junior at our savior, Lutheran. He's rated as a four-star prospect by ESPN and he plays on the EYBL circuit in New Heights Lightning. Coach Willard said we're excited to have Jaquan to the program. He's a big guard who we see playing multiple positions for us. He's a lethal three-point shooter, whose skill set at getting to the basket and creating plays for his teammates is imminent. He's a big-time competitor who comes from the same high school as Jared Roden. And Jaquan is a proven winner, and Pirates fans are going to love watching him play. Well, if Coach Willard says so, love to hear it. So C.N. Hall now, going into this next week with games against Wagner and Nyack College, are ranked 25th in the country. And the Pirates have a lot of work to do to make sure that these two games do not become disappointments as they prepare for Texas, Iona, and in between then, a small game against Rutgers. And we will have all of this and more on the upcoming weeks of Courtside Pirates. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Pazes for updates throughout the season. The next episode of Courtside Pirates will air on Monday, December 6th, following Seton Hall's games versus Wagner and Nyack College at Walsh Gym. Again, my name is Chris Pazes. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time on Courtside Pirates.